Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Hello and welcome to the Build Up here on Balls.ie, our weekly show previewing the weekend sporting action in association with Labrooks. Joined as always for our rugby chat this week by the great Stephen Ferris, Labrooks ambassador. Stevie, how are you getting on today? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, Mick. Uh, what a weekend rugby last weekend. The bookies are very, very close on and all the margins, unbelievable. Like, obviously, uh, I think Ladbrokes had a 12 points last week with the margin in the, in the Ireland-England game, finished 11. The bookies had the Scotland-French game at six points to finish seven. So, um, yeah, very, very tight over the weekend, but some good rugby at times too. Yeah, it was, it was. And I suppose not not too much of it from Ireland, unfortunately. Um, maybe a little bit in the second half. But I suppose one of those games that the scoreline really didn't reflect the fact that we looked very, very toothless at times to an England team that were inviting us on, killed on the ground, killed in the set piece, especially in the line-out. Um, and just overall, a very disappointing day. We had um, Darren Cave on straight afterwards. We were chatting to him, your old teammate. And he actually... He's something he flagged before the game and definitely after, which was like, we might not be living in the real world with our expectations on this Ireland team, that they're just not as good as England at the moment and we shouldn't really expect them to be. Would you go along with that? Yeah, we'll go along with that, with the team that was actually put out at the weekend. Like, don't forget, you know, it's not all negative. You have the X Factor of Jordan Larmer to bring in. Everybody seems to have forgotten about Jack Conan, um, who's a physical powerhouse in the back row, and that's something that we... We really need to get back to, uh, you know, tag furlong up front, the tight head prop. You know, you can, we can all remember the game against New Zealand in 2018 where, where him and Keane Healy were running over lads for fun. Then you have a Johnny Sexton to come back and Connor Murray, if he can find form. Also, Gideon Henderson back, full fitness. You know, he came on at the weekend, looked like he was slightly off the, off the pace. Um, wasn't particularly good uh, decision-making at, at rock time and his rock accuracy. So, yeah, like, I, I know the weekend was tough, Mick. It was tough. It wasn't great viewing, like, because we were just witnessing our Irish lads get put on their backside every time they carried the ball and just get physically dominated. Um, but there's there's six guys, you know, I, I rhymed off there that would generally be in our starting 15. So, um, you know, over a third of our, our team to come back and hopefully give us a little bit more but yeah just to go back to the point of the weekend and Darren's point yeah uh, it's hard to disagree you know yeah like there's there's Henshaw and uh, Ringrose as well I suppose if you want to add to that and and it is a good also like it it was a good chance to see sort of some of the players that are coming through and everything like that and I suppose we kind of see what the level they're at can I talk uh, like there's just a couple of bits to talk about we don't have to dwell on it we can look ahead we can talk about some of the better rugby to come but you know and you know, maybe even a word on kind of like the the place England they're at at the moment. But from Ireland's point of view, the line out in particular just looked absolutely um, a mess, really, I suppose is the best word for it. You know, we had a piece on site uh, that Maris Brosnan did about how this isn't all Kelleher's fault and there's a lot more that goes into a malfunctioning line out than just a hooker. But from what you could see, as someone that's been in a lot of these lineouts over the years and in very functioning ones, we in your time with Ireland, especially Ireland's lineout was always a strength. That's just completely gone the other way now, and it's just so hard to establish any kind of a you know foothold in the game when you can't hold on to your own possession. It is like, but again, I have sympathy for the players. I've been in that scenario, that situation where anything that you call or seem to be calling. 
Um, seems to be marked up. It seems to be the wrong call. The timing issues. Maybe somebody forgets a call. Um, and everything just seemed to be off. And like that's, I totally agree. That's not a finger just being pointed at Kelleher, like a finger being pointed at Rory Best over the years. You know, if a a, a malfunction in the line out happened with Ireland straight away, it was Rory Best's fault again after the weekend. Straight straight away, it's Kelleher's fault. So, um, you know, I think going forward. It's it's just about wrapping all these plays and training, making sure that when you go into the game that you're absolutely bang on and everybody knows their individual roles and responsibilities and it's making the right call. So that's doing your analysis on the opposition. I think England give Ireland the front a bit like Ireland give Wales the front the week before and they didn't take it an awful lot. So, um, But yeah, it, it's it's hard to single anybody out and Unfortunately for Ireland, it uh, was the Achilles heel that cost them dearly on a couple of occasions, obviously with the Johnny May trial also. So, yeah, it's mm. something that's really going to have to be worked hard on, Mick. We talk a lot about, um, like, I suppose what I'm saying is, like, there's the line-out and there's also team selection. So we know, what's, we know what England offer because they've hammered us <laughs> three times in a row now. And every single time it's been because of an incredible back row getting over the ball with a fourth back rower, basically, and Mario Toji doing as much damage, if not more, than anybody else. It's been a constant theme of Ireland-England games and obviously nearly all England games for a while. So it surprised me before the game, and I'm nowhere near someone who knows enough about rugby to even criticise relation uh, uh, selections, but it surprised me to see what was basically three number sixes selected in the back row and not yeah. have the number seven against possibly the best ground team in the world. But it did play out like that, you know, and I wonder what, in your opinion, as someone who knows those positions very well, what was the thinking behind Farrell's selection there? I was, I, I just think he's going for the bigger lads. That, yeah. That's more or less it. And um, he was hoping that those three guys would give gain line to Ireland um, to help them get on the edge. You know, I think you're going to have to go back a few phases to try and get an, an edge at some stage against England. That's the way. Uh, that's the way they operate. Their line speed is so so fast off the mark. And you know the three lads unfortunately didn't give us any momentum. Like Keelan Doris tried his absolute hard out all day and just kept getting sat back on a, on his ass. So you know it was difficult to watch, um, but we knew it was coming. And uh, those three lads, you know, the, uh, you talk about the line out, you know, being an, an issue. I think not being able to get any momentum in phase play with yeah. our car- our carriers is just as big a problem, um, especially when you come up against the physical teams. Like if you look at the world rankings and, and where they are, who's the most physical team in the world? The biggest team, strongest team in the world It's South Africa. They're ranked number one. Who's the second biggest, strongest, fittest, baddest team in the world at the minute? It's England. They're ranked number two. All right, third. Argentina are moving up. Then you have Australia who are bringing all the um, all, all the lads off the bench, all the Polynesian guys off the bench who are bringing power and physicality into their game. And they seem to be getting a bit of a switch also. And and Ireland just seem to be slipping down, uh, Mick, you know, ever, yeah. ever so slightly. But again, you know, Tag Furlong, Kane Healy, you know, Jack Conan, um, you know, bringing these lads in, it will give us a bit more uh, in, in the forward pack because, you know, I felt sorry for Ross Byrne at times at the weekend because he was just get catching the ball, going sideways, catching the ball, passing it sideways. He was just he was just shoveling shit really. So, mm. um, I, it was uh, it was difficult to watch, but it all comes about winning the game line, and unfortunately, Ireland didn't win the game line. And 
Mick, this isn't only an attack. This is I know I know England hardly had any ball. Yeah. But in the in defence, CJ Stander, Peter O'Mahony, and Keelan Doris don't get up and smack lads and put them on their backside. They they really don't. Where you know we look at Underhill, Curry, Bruno they were manhandling the Irish mm. boys. So it's not only an attack that we need to be more aggressive. It's it's in in defence as well. Um, if yeah. we want to if if we want to raise our game and compete. Yeah, so that that like hitting lads, putting them on the back foot gives the Amatnies or whoever the chance to go in and get those steals or to disrupt in something that we weren't doing thing at all, whereas they were doing those every time. Is that what you mean? Mick, yeah, like because you know, CJ Stander, who's been one of Ireland's best carriers over, over the last four or five seasons, he was anonymous at the weekend. Like it like I, I was watching yeah. the game going, CJ Wright, come herring onto this ball here, try and set somebody down. Um it's all about those small game chains and moments and, you know, making a big hit or, you know, a great carry. And James Ryan actually got a bump on the first man and then was able to get in behind the England defence on a couple of occasions. And that was like more just brute force and and um, will just to get in behind the, the English defence. So we needed more and more of that. But, geez, it's easier said than done. And, <laughs> you know, like against an English defence that um, seemed to be all flying off the same hymn sheet they're they're they were really really difficult to break down and um you know that's something that Ireland are going to have to look look at going forward and it really only was the last 10 minutes that you know Billy Burns switched up the game plan and uh turned England around is which is what Eddie O'Sullivan and I were chatting about before mm-hmm. the game making sure and trying to turn England around at every opportunity and you know the the, the kind of only time that we did in, a, in an attacking sense we got some change out of it yeah, I saw England's game plan being described as quite reductive in some of the analysis and, you know, maybe that they need to maybe take it to a new level after the World Cup. I think they had 11 of the starters, which, you know, for not even a full November series, you know, it's it's, it's a different competition. It's it's not even, you might not even take it as seriously as maybe New Zealand coming to Twickenham without it not being a test match or anything. Um, like, I, I, I was surprised to see almost such a full-strength team there and that they maybe aren't bringing through as many and that they haven't maybe evolved their game plan a little bit considering they've been so successful you could almost take the defensive the eating up the ground eating up the, the um, possession stuff for granted at this stage and maybe they could expand it but then again when I kind of see they had new faces that maybe were coming off the bench that did impress and there does seem to be a bit of competition for places and it seems to me that England left a lot in the locker just from their point of view they're playing yeah. Wales this week they're 15 point favourites and Ladbrokes they seem to be at a real high point for me, even though they didn't go and beat Ireland by the 20 points or whatever that they probably should have at the weekend. Yeah, I think Eddie Jones has been quite cute in what he's doing at the minute. Um, he's not showing his full full hand, is he? I think I think if, if England try and play the rugby that they did against Ireland for the next couple of years and leading into the next World Cup, there's absolutely no chance that they're going to go and play that style of rugby and win a World Cup because they're going to yeah. come up against South Africa, Argentina, you know, that's going to take it to them physically. And uh, as we've seen at the weekends, you know, the Johnny May try just an overthrow. It, it is such small margins uh, at the at the top level. So, yeah, I think they're going to have to expand their game plan massively. Um, and I think they have it in the repertoire. Of course they do. They're really good players. George Ford on the bench, you can come on and play 10 and they can they can play a lot more rugby on Farrell 12. Um, I think, you know, that's more or less their starting pack. Maybe Joe Martyr to come back in at loose head. Marco Vinopola is, is, seems to be a better player coming off the bench, in my opinion. Mm. Um, and Martyr's a lot better in the scrum. So, yeah, it, it's close to England's 
best 15, but I go back there, Mick, I really think that they have to up their game and maybe we'll see a wee bit more of that this weekend against Wales. Um, or you never know, they might just go out and tackle their hearts out again for another <laughs> 80 minutes and, yeah. and, and just ru- ruin lads all for the whole way throughout the game. Yeah, they seem to enjoy it, I think. Maybe it's some sort of like, uh, you know, say the thing they've got going. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. enjoy it. Your shoulders would be sore afterwards, I tell you that. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, um, I don't know. It seems it seems to suit this particular pack at least, anyway. But uh, and they've had some success with it. Is there any before we move on to Georgia? Because I do think we should talk about kind of what team we should expect. It, it should be named. I'd, I'd imagine tomorrow for a Sunday game. But um, were there any other? Were there any positives that you took out of? Again, maybe not the scoreline not being massively different. It did feel over very early, though. Were there any positives you took out of it? I think it's just the exposure for some of the lads at that level. Um, you know, Andy Farrell talked about it in his post-match interview, and he, like that, that's a tough learning curve. You know, to go over there, it was only eighteen-seven, but it felt like it was forty-eight-seven. Uh, to be honest, watching it, yeah, even really even did. though even though we had so much uh, so much of the ball, so much of the territory, um, but it just like it felt like we could have played for a week. Um, would have never have got anywhere close to beating England, and that's not a nice feeling to have. But I think a lot of the players will learn from the mistakes that they made during the match. Another positive to take out of it is James Ryan, captaining Ireland. He, I'm, I'm sure, isn't happy with his own performance, the way the lineout went, a couple of maybe the decisions that he made, maybe not kicking for goal in, in a test match, and it's the learnings to take out of it moving forward. Um, and Hopefully, the likes of Johnny Sexton, Connor Murray, I'm sure, might start this weekend to get a bit more game time. Uh, and and for me, that's really the only positives because the game plan as such, I'm not really sure if it was to take England on up front to to, to try and batter them and could just multi phase after multi multi phase. Um, like, and then when the ball's kicked, I expected to see James Lowe, you know, coming off his wing, hearing on yeah. the ball a bit like you watch Jack Noel for England or Liam Williams for Wales. And all we've seen James Lowe do was more or less kick the ball. Um, and when when James Lowe's kicking the ball that much, you know there's something not quite right. So, uh, yeah, just a disappointing day, but a positive. Lots of exposure for for young lads. Um, even Jameson Gibson Park, who, uh, you know, so much experience in a Leinster jersey. It's a good learning curve for him. So, you know, fingers crossed we, we take a lot of those learnings and move forward. Mm, I saw Simon to be saying that, you know, that it takes a long time for these new, you know, that they're trying to express themselves more, they're trying to do this, they're trying to do that, and it takes a long time for that to actually come and be cohesive and that it will all click eventually. And I suppose the Six Nations is what we're really looking for for this Ireland team as to when that might happen. That'll be kind of like three tournament situations for the Andy Farrell team to have done it. Like, how long does that stuff wash for? Yeah, yeah, it's it's international rugby. Like, you don't have three years to try and make all that's yeah you know like so simon needs to be right it it takes time but like these guys are living in a bubble together at the minute they're training twice a day um you know leading into these matches they're mixing up different positions like i'm sure they know each other inside out like and yes it it, it takes time it takes a bit of game time but they need to get a game plan a specific game plan that they can go to you know, a plan B, that's something that we chatted about, Mick, wasn't it? Going into the World Cup, yeah. Ireland have no plan B. When when a team puts it up to them physically, oh, they've no plan B. And 
Saturday seemed a bit like, or Sunday seemed a bit like that, didn't it? Or sorry, Saturday seemed a wee bit like that, where they didn't have a plan B to go into to try and break England down. So that's what uh, that's what they've got to work on. And you know, when you talk about time, I think you know, get this Georgia match out, out of the way, and come Six Nations time, if if they're not putting in performance, then all these questions are going to be asked once again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what about this weekend then? It's Georgia. It's, you know, it, I, I don't know what you get from a game like this or what, what we want to see from a game like this. What, you know, we want to see a team selection. You talked about maybe having an expanded squad coming into this tournament to see more players. We've only added, uh, Erica Sullivan came in yesterday because Ed Byrne is struggling. It's good to see him in. And of course, we'd love to see more, but we're going to have a team based on the squad that's there. So it's not going to be, you know, a mad experimental team or anything like that. We obviously do expect to see some changes. What can Ireland take from this to build towards what's probably going to be Scotland match or whatever in, in, in two weeks' time? Yeah, well, I would use it as a as a really, um, I was going to say a training session there. So it's a bloody test match. <laughs> yeah. Nothing like a training session, but making sure that you hit all your points, getting that line-out function out of 100%. 100% making sure the Georgians don't take it to you physically and just limit limit the errors, you know, and the guys that are going to be given an opportunity, they got to go out there and they got to take it. You know, they got to go out there and want to be the man of the match, the, their name being read on the tannoy at the end of the game. That's 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 the intensity that, that I, I want to see shown by the Ireland lads on Saturday uh, or Sunday this week. So it's, it, it's a test match. It's being coached by... Um, Neil Doak, former Ulster uh, mm. backs, backs coach, who I would know very well and would keep in, in, in touch with. Um, I know they were disappointed with their mall defence against England and something that they've worked hard on. Um, so again, this weekend, Ireland might think that they're a bit vulnerable there, but that's somewhere where the Jordans are working hard on to try and rectify. And if uh, you know the language barrier there can, can be tough at times too, by all accounts coming out of the camp. David Humphreys, another former Ulster man, is, yeah. is is heading the whole thing. It's more the high performance and overseeing. He's not I don't think he's actually on the pitch doing individual or team coaching. But uh yeah, I, I think the Georgians will come just looking to uh looking to get stuck into the this Irish team, take a, a leaf out of the English book at the weekend and, and try and ruffle a few feathers and, and see where they go. It'd be good to see the Georgians put a few more phases together and maybe, you know, get some more points on the board. But yeah, from an Irish perspective, just limit the mistakes, get that set piece functioning and let's get some physicality into these carries, running onto the ball of pace, smashing in the lads and, and, and getting that go forward that like we're, we're just crying out for it. And yeah. you know, the back, the back line and has so much pace and, and so much ability and skill that, if we can get those, uh, get around the corner and get those soft shoulders, attack that space, then you know we we should we should win this game by twenty five to thirty points. We really should. Um, but as I say, it's all about the physicality stakes once again, and the Georgians won't be rolling over. No, absolutely, they didn't roll over in two thousand and seven, and I think a lot of us still have flashbacks. About oh, <laughs> it felt like that don't game. Be was going that. Don't be mentioning that game. <laughs> <laughs> 2007 2007 is a banned subject yeah no absolutely uh, look I think it's probably as you say like the physicality stuff that they need to show this is the one you know that is the one thing the Georgians can offer a real test for and I suppose that's a positive um, for Ireland it should be fun to watch hopefully we'll take something out of it and when we chat next week we'll be able to 
take something to build up to what is the whatever the decider of this Autotensions Cup is, or whatever, <laughs> however that works. But uh, thanks very much for joining us today, Stevie. Don't forget, if you're having a bet on anything at all this weekend, please do gamble responsibly and visit dunnui.net for more information. We'll be back with you with more build-up next week. And uh, take it easy until then. <laughs>